everyone, welcome back to another edition of the SBK Betting Podcast and in shades of Frankie and the Gosdens, I'm pleased to say the SBK band is back together after what a paternity leave must quicker than the Frankie Gosden's sabbatical and also impeccably timed too uh, during Goodwood Week TC was off. But I'm sure you were far too preoccupied to even think about racing. Tom, first of all, congratulations and welcome back. How is new fatherhood with little baby Cody? Thank you. Yeah, it's good to be back. I've missed the SBK betting pod, I have to say, over the last two weeks. Fatherhood's good. Uh, it's not all what they make out to be, he says, after two weeks. Uh, next week when I'm on here, <laughs> crumbling, black eyes and all sorts. Yeah, maybe I'll change the story. But uh, no, the first two weeks have been great. Thank you. Managed to watch lots of racing last week. It was great racing at Goodwood. Looking forward to getting stuck in this Saturday, though it's not the best fare, we have to say. I like to hope that we didn't miss out on too many TC winners. Were, were, were there a few or, uh, or were you sort of keeping that to one side for the week? Hey, I, I mean, I didn't have as many bets as I normally would. Um, definitely, obviously, didn't tip as many horses as I normally would. I had a couple, nothing much to shout home about. I'll tell you who could shout home about a couple of winners, though. Mr. Ross Miller. I know, of course. Sam Ross delivered two big winners last weekend, celebrating like he had his own newborn, because it's been a while since the pods landed a, a real big one. So I'd imagine Ross relief, ecstasy all at once. Comanche falls at a whopping 29 to 1 in the Stewards Cup and love to Vega. The nap goes in at 92. Yeah, it, was, it, it was satisfying, Jess. And, and truthfully, the, the Stewards Cup was relatively comfortable watching because he got away so well. Um, he often doesn't. Um, and actually, it was from from some way out. I thought oh, we got to got to we're going to be in the frame anyway at, at a decent price. Um, Love de Vega was really satisfying. Like I said uh, last week on the pod, I waited for him since he made his debut back at Newmarket last year. I thought it was a really taking debut for a horse so stoutly bred to run so well over five furlongs. So I was delighted to see him do the job over seven. And he's actually out again this this Saturday. Yeah, quite a few horses are, are out again after after good performances um, last week and at Goodwood. Um, but a couple of horses that haven't been out for a while and have been waited with for this uh, big group one that we're going to focus on for this um, week's edition of the pod is the Keenan Phoenix Stakes at the Curra on Saturday. Six furlongs is the trip for the two-year-olds. And although we've only got the six runners, looking through it, I thought that this by far is the best two-year-old race I've seen this year. We've got Little Big Bear with Ryan Moore booked on. He's picked he's picked Little Big Bear as there's two Aiden O'Brien train runners. Currently six to four um, at, at this stage. Brad Sell, seven to four for Holly Doyle and Archie Watson. Persian Force, 11 to four. Blackbeard, four to one. Shartash, six to one. Apache Outlaw, 16 to one. And I say the best because the form of a lot of these horses are really working out the Coventry winner and a beaten Brad Sell that Coventry red hot the second the third the fourth of all one but the highest rated official is Blackbeard with the mark of 115 who beat his stable mate the Antarctic easily in the pre-Robert Papan last time that's working out Shartash is the only horse to actually have beaten uh, Blackbeard and then you've got Little Big Bear who bolted up in the Angus over six and a half furlongs he was pulled out in the parade ring ahead of the July stakes due to the ground, which was then won by the Group 2 winner, Persian Force. So there's links everywhere, TC. I think it's a proper race. It's trappy. It's difficult 
to boil yourself down to one, I'd imagine. How have you worked it out? Yeah, it's a really tricky race. Trappy, as you say, if you just look at the market, six to four, seven to four, 11 to four, four to one, the top four in the market in just a six runner field. You can make a case for all of them. Um, I'm really looking forward to this race, mainly as a neutral rather than a punter. But one of my favorite horses in training, Persian Force, is in the field. So maybe I have to have a little bit of a loyalty bet on him. He will be the selection. But first, let's talk about Little Big Bear. This horse has been improving at a rate of knots in four, four career starts to date. Super impressive in the Windsor Castle at Royal Ascot. Uh, finished that race off really nicely over five furlongs. Stepped up to six and a half in the angle seat, as you said, and just romped clear. I love how he goes about his races. Aidan O'Brien's won this race 16 times since 1998. Just mm. absolutely farmed this contest. So you can see why he deserves and warrants favoritism in this race. However, he's rated 110. So is Persian Force. I prefer Persian Force in here. I, I get that Bradsell beat him in the Coventry, but at the same time, Bradsell had the perfect run through down the middle of the track where you wanted to be in the race. Persian Force raced towards the stand side, much like Blackbeard did. He beat Blackbeard by two lengths. There was no fluke about his performance. He was by far the best in the race, in my opinion. Now, I know that Bradsell has only had two starts, unbeaten in both, could be anything. I think Persian Force was the best horse at Royal Ascot. Last time out at Newmarket, he was super impressive. I just think he's a bona fide Group 1 contender for the future. I think the Champagne Stakes next month will be his ideal race, a race that Richard Hannon's won with Chindit recently. However, I'm going to be playing him here. I think he's the value at 11 to 4. The only caveat that I have about Persian Force is Richard Hannon's record in Ireland. He's sent 31 horses over to Ireland in his career. He's won just three of them. His record at the Courage is one from 19, so that's a slight issue. But we know that Richard Hannon knows how to train these two- and three-year-olds. I, I just love Persian Force. I've got to stick a loyalty bet on him. But look, I'm just really excited to see how this race is going to pan out. Richard Hannon made no bones about how highly he rates the horse and making comparisons to the likes of Camford Cliffs. It was, it was interesting what happened at Newmarket, though, TC, how Little Big Bear literally a minute before the race was pulled out um, on ground conditions-wise. I thought that was all very strange, very close off to the off. He then obviously went to the car and won over six and a half furlongs. Do you think there's anything that you could read in between the lines there that there was that, you know, that actually over six furlongs on very fast ground, it might have just tested a little bit, Big Bear a little bit too too much on his speed. Do you think he really might be want to trip a little further than that? Well, if you look at his uh, pedigree, he's got loads of uh, half and half sisters and brothers that have been running over far further than sprint trips like this five and six furlongs. Mm. And he's a huge horse, this little Big Bear as well, saying that he has one over five. So he's got plenty of speed, plenty of toe. I don't really know what to make of the fact that he was taken out of that race at Newmarket. Persian Force was my pick in the race anyway on the SBK uh, content hub. So look, I sided with Persian Force then. The race didn't happen. This time it's going to happen. So I'm going to stick with my boy in Persian Force. Okay, loyalty there with Persian Force. I love to get your opinion, Ross, because I spoke to Ross Orion after uh, Royal Ascot when he was beaten by Brad Sell. And I think that they were probably pretty dejected because they thought they had a superstar in their hands. And Ross Orion just said he was beaten by a better horse in the day, which makes me believe that it's hard to, to pick him over Brad Sell again. But the form is working out, obviously, of all of these two-year-old races from Alaska. What do you think, think looking at the, the substance to the um, the race that um, uh, Brad Sell won and then the substance to the race that um, Little, Bear, Little Big Bear won, the Windsor Castle? What, what do you think is really stacking up in their well, favours? Well, I, I think it's ideal this follows on from Goodwood because we're getting to the point of the year now where we can start to try and make sense of some collateral form. So it, 
in the in the uh, Coventry, um, you had uh, Bradsall and, and Persian uh, force finishing in front of uh, Royal Scotsman. Um, Royal Scotsman then went on to to, to beat Chateau uh, at Goodwood uh, in the Richmond Stakes by about three lengths, and Little Big Bear beat uh, Chateau by about three lengths in the Windsor Castle. So the fact that uh, Bradsall and Persian Force were about two lengths in front of Royal Scotsman at Ascot suggests that that's the stronger form. But I think you've got to factor in. I think Royal Scotsman took a big step forward again at Goodwood in the Richmond. Goodwood is clearly a track that suits him because he's two from two there now. Um, so I'm I'm going with the Windsor Castle form or the Windsor Castle winner in Little Big Bear as TC hit on. You know his his dam was a, a listed winner over ten furlongs. She was Group Two placed over twelve furlongs. There's two mile flat horses in the pedigree. That he was able to do that over five furlongs, I think he was doing it entirely on class, not on suitability a trip. Um, I thought he looked really good last time in the in the Anglesey. I loved how he just bounced out, dropped the bridle, made his own running, picked up Ryan Moore, didn't have to get serious with him at all. It was like a piece of work. He'd probably do more in a piece of mm. work, actually. Um, and I think perhaps Blackbeard, who is a bit nuts, is going to go hard. He's definitely quicker than than these I think I think he'll go hard early and I think you could then find the sort of proven six and a half furlong stamina of uh, little big bear proving proving decisive I, I think he's a really smart horse um, uh, and to me he's been the, the takeout uh, two-year-old colt of the year so far okay gosh big words behind little big bear um, it's interesting we've all got a differing of opinions with this race which is why it's it's such quality and why one of these could just be really really special um i am going to disagree with both of you um because i think brad sells uh, form from um the the victory in the coventry stakes is the is the angle that i'm going to go for and i disagree with tc that he was well positioned i actually think and listening to Holly Doyle afterwards, she was quite worried that being on that that wide outside wasn't going to give her enough cover. Um, but actually, his own natural speed allowed him to take him through the race. And Persian Force, I thought, had the perfect trip through, had no excuses, had his gaps, um, but couldn't get to the winner. Um, and I think that he, Brad Sells also crucially drawn nicely in six. I remember last year, Go Bears Go being on that wing in stall two, and it was all too free, and he just didn't get enough cover. And Little Big Bear's coming out of two. Um, this year, Brad's out of six. And if we think that the pace is going to come from Blackbeard and five, it will be perfectly set up for Brad Sell. I think that this is a quality horse that might be slightly underrated because he's by Tazleet. His family haven't done a huge amount. Archie Watson rejuvenated himself a little bit, um, but, you know, obviously up against the Aidan O'Brien lot. So I'm going to go for Brad Sell at seven to four, um, around about now. Um, but we've got um, confidence behind Persian Force from TC and Little Big Bear from Ross. So we'll see how this plays out. Um, this is a, a fascinating race and the, and the feature race and what is a really busy weekend, guys. Too much racing, in my opinion, everywhere. Obviously, we've got the Showgirl Cup at Ascot, which is a bit of family fun day, really, anything. But then there is good action up at Haydock and, and around the countryside as well. So as always, um, we're going to look for a nap and a place selection. And if the guys want to, something fun from the Showgirl Cup. So perhaps, Ross, you do take the, take the lead after your, uh, your nap came through last week. Where are you going? So I'm going to uh, Newmarket for the 340, um, the Solario Stakes. Um, 
I really like Ivory Madonna. Um, we, we've spoken a lot about the uh, form of the Coventry and the Windsor Castle from Royal Ascot. Um, she was third in the Albany, and that's worked out really well. Um, the second place, Morge, um, went and won next time out in the Duchess of Cambridge Stakes at, at Newmarket with Queen Ollie, who was fourth in the Albany, back in third. Um, the fourth place, uh, Sydney Arms Chelsea. She's gone and won a group uh, three out in France at Deauville. Um, so I think the form is really stacking up. Ivory Madonna stayed on from a long way back uh, in the in the Albany. Um, she probably raced on the wrong part of the track as well, but did some really good late work, as she did when beaten favourite last time at Newmarket. Now, that was perhaps slightly disappointing, um, but the debutante uh, winner could be quite smart. Um, that, that's the one sort of uh, cloud over this line of form. But I think everything about her run style suggests a step up to seven furlongs is, is going to suit. Um, I think she's a, a live player in this, and I, I think she'll beat the current favourite. Interesting. So Ivory Madonna looking to break her maiden tag and find style in the Group 3 Sweet Solero Stakes. 3.40 at Newmarket. That's for uh, for Ross and for Tom. Yeah, my nap's going to come at Haydock in the 4.10, a horse called Tessie Ladd. Now, this race may not be looked at by most punters because it's just a weak little handicap full of horses between 0 to 70. Um, but I was in the Sky Sports studio when Tessie Ladd made his seasonal reappearance at Lingfield this year in another week race. He finished 7th of 12 that day. If you weren't looking back in the field, you just wouldn't have noticed him. But he stayed on really powerfully under tender handling over a sprint trip, a trip that he just was far too inadequate for him. He's, a, he's bred to stay middle distances. Richard Hughes upped him to one mile, two furlongs, two starts ago at Fosslas. He got chinned. He got beaten in the neck by Zambezi Music, who has subsequently won uh, by six and a half lengths or four pound higher. That form is looking really strong now. Tessie Lag came out himself at Newbury um, and he bolted up from the front. He's been given a four-pound rise. I don't think that's going to stop him at all. I'm very confident he's going to follow up in the 4.10 at Haydock. Okay, Pat Dobbs booked. Um, Rich Hughes going great guns. Had a good, has been having a good uh, month or so. Um, so that is, that's for TC. I'm going to the Rose of Lancaster Stakes, the group three at Haydock. So at three o'clock this race is, and my selection is Anne Mart. The winner of the John, John Smith's Cup, and that form is just red hot. Anmar went up six pounds in the handicap for that success. Um, but obviously he's at group three class, so he's off level weights with Rosa Jack, who I think was flattered um, when w winning at Newbury last time. Um, I don't really buy that um, necessarily. I think Arnmart, um is a serious racehorse. And as I said, John Smith Cup, the second one a listed race, the fourth one, the fifth was second at Goodwood and the 14th horse in the John Smith Cup, Forrest Falcon, won the opening race at Goodwood. So the form is all there to, to be taken. Um, I think the step up in grade um, should be um, pretty simple for him. And I, I think he should be, I think it should be a shorter price. I'm seeing six to one at the moment. So I quite like that. Um, so that's unmarked for me in the three o'clock at Haydock. As always, we've got place suggestions as well. Um, so back to Ross we go. So I'm going to the three o'clock at uh... Haydock as well and and I agree with you I think Matt has perhaps got the beat in the grocer Jack but outside of those two I think there's uh, Marie's Diamond who's more than capable of uh, hitting the places ran a huge race last time um, at Pontefract in a listed contest just failing by a couple lengths to try and concede eight pound to Alf Layla who's 109 rated Modern News who's 111 rated was back in third I think he's going to love the ground uh, he's got bags of ability and I think if he can run to that mark that he ran to at Pontefract. I think he's got a real chance of hitting the frame here. 
Okay, yeah, big prices for Marie's Diamond you can get, definitely, in this Group 3 contest at Haydock. TC, what else have you found this weekend? Yeah, well, I was super confident about the nap, but when I was looking for place players, I was just struggling. I looked through all the cards, and I really couldn't find any horse that I was confident was going to hit the frame at a big price. I eventually ended up looking at red card, the 510, which is another weak race, a 0-60 handicap. Um, and it's a mare called Natalina. This is the 510 at red car. Natalina is the, the mare that I want to be playing here. This race is probably going to be won by Gloria and Honor, who's top weight for David O'Mara, the horse watchers, won really impressively last time out. But Natalina's returning to red car, a mm. course that she's got good form at, run there four times, got form fingers of four, two, one, four. I reckon she's going to return and, and at least hit the frame here. Paul Hannigan takes the ride. And she was really eye-catching last time when she stayed on. Uh, from an unpromising position in 0 to 70, this is a class drop for Natalina. Okay, interesting. Well, I've got a bit of red card for you. Something for everyone um, around the, the country. I'm going back to the Curra um, for um, the good quality Group 3 sprint, the Phoenix Sprint Stakes. Um, they've always got a good lineup of sprinters over in Ireland. They get a good clip and it's always very competitive. But a uh, an English trained horse in Go Bears Go um, will be running there for Dave Not Name. Um, obviously, the Curra was happy hunting ground last year as a two-year-old um, when he won over there. But he's been a little bit in and out, patchy enough form this season. But he was back to somewhat of his best in the Hackwood Stakes against his elders last time out uh, when he was second to Minzal. And um, they've opted to put the cheap pieces on him this time um, just to, to keep him concentrated. And I just feel like they're going to get this horse right eventually at some point. He still retains a good amount of ability. He just seems like maybe not as straightforward as he was last season. So go Bears go as a place suggestion for me. Um, right. The Shelga Cup. Fan? Not fan? Ross, where do you stand on it? And have you found something for you there? Um, I, I'm not a fan, but I'm not a knocker. I think it's very small-minded of these people that jump on social media and berate it and say what a pointless afternoon it is. It's not for them. So go and watch Red Car or the Curragh or have an afternoon off. It, if 10 people go and watch the Shergar Cup, then become fans, as far as I'm concerned, it's done its job. I, I can quite happily give it a miss, um, but I don't think people should knock it because it is what it is. Um, it, it, I won't be watching it. I haven't taken a great look at it. In terms of, of one that did catch my eye, um, is a horse called Make My Day, who runs in the 245. I think he was better than the bear result last time at Goodwood. He got hampered by a loose horse. Um, I don't think he stayed the two mile four either, to be honest. Uh, he drops back to two mile at Ascot, where he's got good form. Um, super, super Jack, I think, is going to be well fancied. He gets a £10 pull for a couple of length beating back in back in April from, from Super, Super Jack. Now, Super, Super Jack was better, I like saying that name, was better than the, the, the bear two length or one and a half length uh, mm. bear result. But ten pound is a is a big pull, particularly in these staying races. Um, I think he got off a decent price, and I think he's more than capable of uh, at least hitting the frame, if not better. Okay, obviously at this stage we don't have our selected jockeys, um, and it's very much a team sport. So I'm fairly certain it's it's the girls, it's UK and Ireland, and the rest of the world. I think that's normally the case. That's right. Um, obviously, I. I will be supporting the girls who won last year and Nicola Curry comes back in fine form after getting the uh, golden saddle, Silver whatever saddle. they like to call it this time last year. <laughs> Silver saddle <laughs> this time last year. Um, so let's hope that she might get on my horse, which is Super Super Jack. Um, I think she won that stairs race last year. But Super Super Jack, I think, as Ross has said it for me, really, he um, 
he ran a good race um, considering, um, you know, he was, Master Milliners seems to be thriving, but I think he ran a good race at Goodwood last week. And um, he's a horse um, that uh, Milton Harris' confidence can uh, back it up quite quickly. Um, TC, is it for you? You'll be bringing little Cody there eventually this time next year. <laughs> his first race meeting, I'm sure you've already planned it out. I'm surprised you haven't brought him anywhere yet. <laughs> yeah, I've been tempted to head down to Kempton for a Wednesday night, uh, but we haven't gone just yet. Um, look, I- <laughs> Don't get it there for his first no, meeting. No, huge please. fan of Kempton. Don't discount it. It's a quality <laughs> Wednesday night fair. Uh, so I'm there. I'm there most weeks. Um, look, the Shogar Cup. I, I don't have a strong opinion on it. I'm very much like Ross. I do like the fact that international jockeys come across and and tackle one another. It's a good bit of cross comparison across the globe. Disappointing this year. No US rider. I have to say, um, taking part in the rest of the world team. But there are some good European riders there. Obviously, we've got the ladies team, the rebranded ladies team. Uh, and Nicola Curry, as you say, won the silver saddle last year. Everyone at SBK Towers is going to be hoping that Nicola can follow suit again this time around. What you do get at the Shergar Cup is some good punting heats. You're not going to get any short price favourites. Unfortunately, the one horse I do like is a first reserve, but I'm going to mention him anyway, just in case he does get in. And that is Power of Darkness, who is entered in the 355, the Shergar Cup mile. Now, he won this race two years ago on rattling fast ground, which he's going to get again this time around given the ridiculous uh, summer conditions we've got at the moment. He won it under Vincent Ho two years ago, off a mark of 94. He's only won once since, but the fact he's only won once since means he gets to run a £4 lower, just a mark of 90. On his seasonal reappearance, he was a huge eye-catcher, staying on under tender handling. Last time out, he didn't seem to handle the track. He pulled too hard, and you can just put a line through that effort. If he does get into this race, he's going to be a double-figure price, and I think Power of Darkness will go close. But as I say, he is a reserve, so he might not run. And it's been a while since we've had this little uh, section, um, but Stat Attack, I'm sure you've been working these out throughout the last couple of weeks, uh, TC. So what have you found for us? Yeah, we're back with the Stat Attacks, looking forward to these. They've been actually quite successful so far, so hopefully it continues this week. Uh, it should continue with the first one because it's going to be a horse that's going to be a short price favourite, and that is Golden Voice in the 327 of Redcar. William Haggis is 41%, 13 from 32 runners, uh, with three-year-olds at Redcar over the last five years. That produced a level stakes profit as well. So I expect Golden Voice to win the 327 at Redcar. The other stat attack is for the Shergar Cup. We haven't talked about it too much. Uh, we've got a selection here or there, but this stat attack may come good for the whole card. And that is Danny Tudhope, a member of the GB and Ireland team this year. is six from 25, 24% strike rate, and a £1 level stakes profit of plus £74.50 with his ride so far this season at Ascot. Follow him throughout the card and you may turn up and, and get a good profit. Yeah, Danny Tudhope obviously had that wonderful Royal Ascot week. So um, I'm sure that uh, the confidence on the track will continue on for this Saturday. Okay, As I said, plenty of racing to get our, get your teeth stuck into this week. Always great to have TC back. Um, brilliant to see you so fresh and well, um, despite you even tempting me to have one. I feel a bit outnumbered, all these all these babies everyone has. Um, but um, brilliant to have you back. And let's hope that we get get some more winners rolling through. A reminder that new SBK customers can get £30 in free bets by depositing £10. Usual T's and C's apply. And of course, remember to subscribe to whatever podcast channel you listen to. And on YouTube, there's plenty more content there, as well as SBK ambassador content. George Bowie, Sean Levy, Richard Kingscott, uh, Nicola Curry, we hope we'll have a good weekend as well. And obviously, stable tools to enjoy as well. Thanks, as always, to Ross and to Tom. And we'll see you next week.